Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Well, hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I'm so happy to have you with me, and I couldn't be happier, actually, to be bringing you this episode. (laughs) No, it's an episode. Nothing's changed. It's an episode with the brilliant Hannah Martin, who is a pro makeup artist. You may know her from Instagram. You may know her from her column in Lizelle's Wellbeing magazine, her YouTube channel, or from her podcast, Life and Lipstick, which she co-hosts with Lisa Potter-Dixon. I appeared on Life and Lipstick at the beginning of this year and we did a bit of a cross pod. So the girls were also on this fine show. And we started talking, Hannah and I, about her career at Bobby Brown Makeup as a pro artist. And it was definitely a conversation that we started and hadn't finished. And so what you're about to listen to in this episode is really the continuation of that conversation. But it really is important for me to say what a ray of sunshine Hannah is in anyone's life. I just have to be really honest about it. I've been having a really stressful couple of weeks and we've been trying to make this happen and I had to cancel on her once and then I was being mocked around by someone else and I thought I was going to be podcasting and then I said, oh, I can't do it. And oh, actually now I can because I got canceled on. You get the gist. And I said, look, I know it's I know it's the night before, but could you do tomorrow? And is it okay if I come to you? And we did a good old British thing of going, no, no, I'll come to you. No, no, I'll come to you. It's so much bother. And when I arrived, she had made the most beautiful lunch. She had just, she just treated me so nicely. And like, she was such a good hostess. So even if there's no other content in this podcast, I just have to say Hannah Martin is a brilliant person to have as a friend because she is now definitely a friend. Because she just, she's just, she's just lovely and kind and sweet. Also hugely talented, and I do think her story of being with Bobby Brown, the brand, and being very well known in the industry as a pro makeup artist, but she was with them for twelve years to go out on her own. It's such a huge decision and such a huge step, and I really appreciate the fact she's been very open and candid with the highs and lows of that journey. And that's really what you're going to get in this episode. And we cover a lot of turf, including some random tangents. But hey, what would a relaxed chat with some pink fizz on a Tuesday lunchtime be without the odd tangent? And we could have talked for absolutely hours. So thank goodness that a nail appointment and a train time meant that we had to wrap it up. Otherwise, this would have been a seven hour show. I really hope that you enjoy it. I 
I think you can tell I enjoyed spending time with Hannah immensely and I really learned a lot and I felt very inspired by what she said about the decision and, and pushing things through and how uh, it really is about going, knowing what you want and just running towards that thing in a way that doesn't jeopardise the other parts of your life that are also important, which I think is a vital lesson to learn. So here she is, not making her debut because she's already been on, but I guarantee you she'll be back. It really is the wonderful, kind, generous, sweet, excellent hostess that is Hannah Martin on The Emma Gunn Show. <laughs> you join us at the hilarity of spending a lunch hour, a lunch hour, it's been more than an hour already, with... The, the divine Hannah Martin. Hello. Hi, love. How are you doing? I'm so good because I've been at your house for an hour and a half and you fed me and um, you've given me uh, pink champagne. I was trying to remember our conversation about your favourite tipple. Aww. I think you said champagne. Oh, I do. But then I couldn't remember if you said rosé. And I did that thing where I was like, I don't really have time to go back to the podcast and have a listen to find out what you said. So let's just go pink fizz and then we're kind of in the middle and we're talking about the time that i came on your podcast life and correct co-hosted by lisa Potter Dixon. yes you're so kind it literally oh. has been the nicest I, I was like i really need to see a friendly face this week it's been a very tough work week and we've had this in the diary back and yeah, forth yeah, yeah. and you said are you sure you're okay to come to me and i said hannah it's what i need yeah and i i because i wasn't sure if i believed you <laughs> <laughs> i was like is she being very British and like, no, don't go out of your way. No, don't, no, don't, no, don't. So then I was like, fine, if she comes, I'll make it worth her while. But what I loved is that both of us, it was about you either coming to my house or me coming to you. And we were both like, oh, it's out of your way. It's terribly far away. But it was the same distance. And then I was like, no, no, I really need it. I need a friendly face. I need a change of scenery. I need a challenge. And she's come southeast. Great. Oh, I'm, it's lovely. <laughs> it is lovely. It's lovely. We moved here well, in the area kind of 12 years ago, essentially because our friends were living in the area mm. and we did the whole like, well, we're going to move to London, but we kind of don't want to just like jump on Benny and Claire's lives. Let's try and <laughs> do our own thing. And we looked at flats in Tooting and kind of all mm. over the place. And we were like, why are we, why are we doing this when we just really love Greenwich, Charlton, Blackheath? Like, so yeah, so we settled here and haven't looked back. Well, that's the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I was one of the many people who moved to London and landed. I always say landed because so many people land in Clapham. I've got, yeah. You just land. We, we didn't land there because we couldn't afford it. <laughs> it's like Ellis Island. It's just, you just, oh, I'm going to move to London. Fine, Clapham. And I think it's just because, especially if you come from not London, you just think Clapham Junction, transport links. Yeah, of course. You just assume you can get places. Yeah, of course. Stupidly, the error is that both our families are in the West Country. So we're on absolutely the wrong side of London to visit all our families. So we have to go either all like all the way east to west to get out on the M4 or oh, we have to do the entire M25. Hmm. So that was erroneous, unfortunately. Yeah, but I think once you I think you just know it's like I I definitely prefer being southwest. Do you? Just, do you? But, but actually, if I think about it, I've never spent enough time southeast to have really judged, but it's just that thing of just, no, I like this. But isn't it interesting? Like, I even find sometimes if I'm going to a gig or a job and I head out on a train line mm. not southeast, I feel a bit. Thank you, in a different country. Unsafe. <laughs> it not, unsafe is probably the big word. Just 
kind of unsure I suppose or slightly uneasy because it's not familiar yes and it's a bit like um when you go on the train for the first time or a bus for the first time you think you're going to do it wrong I definitely get that like yeah when I used to do lots of photo shoots for the magazine and I would they'd be like right you have to go up to Macclesfield or you have to go up to Manchester you have to go up to what 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 and I'd be like (laughs) and you just the kindness of taxi drivers yeah you get to the station and be like how do I get here please (laughs) I can't afford a taxi but which road should I walk down (laughs) I definitely spent many years of my life actually in my old job following the blue dot on google maps so i was in a different city every day the only problem is i really struggle with map reading like i'm I'm actually quite dyslexic but i would i would find it really almost impossible to compute the image in front of me are you like in terms of direction pretty much so i would be that person kind of head down looking at their phone kind of walking 50 yards up turning around 50 yards back again (laughs) turning another 90 degrees you know and it would take me the longest time to kind of fathom i did that when i came out of the station to come to you just now and then when i phoned you and i said i've turned right please know it's because i had previously turned left (laughs) oops okay (laughs) and the blue dot had gone in the wrong direction oh no oh no (laughs) i wonder what route the blue dot was going to take you oh no I hadn't I hadn't set a route I just knew where A was where I was and I knew where you were so I just knew that it had to go that way (laughs) funny my goodness where were we without the blue dot what did people did you carry like a street atlas do you know what I know you did when we first moved to London in 2006 that's what we did we had an A to Z I remember and nearly divorced (laughs) (laughs) were you the navigator I was and it was horrendous I was like why am I the navigator when I can't map read and I get really car sick ooh I remember going to journalism college Mm -hmm. and literally I need to stop saying literally but I um, printed out because I think it was MapQuest or something where it would do um, street directions so I printed out on like five bits of A4 paper Mm which now I'd get pulled over by the police and fined for. But I printed it, it was like, at the end of this road, turn left. And I followed that the entire way to Brighton. Oh my gosh, yeah. From Kent, it's like an hour and 45 minute, two yeah. hour drive. And just on my wits the entire time. Dude. People talk about stress of social media, but the stress... Driving without sat-navs, yes. flipping egg. When I, not long after I passed my test, I went to visit Simon, who's at uni in Durham, and I drove from Oxford to Durham mm. with wow, handwritten notes, oh, hours forever, handwritten notes that Simon had written on A4 paper... So I was gripping them with my left hand on the steering wheel, right hand on the other, and I was just kind of watching and reading constantly. But yeah, the what was it called? I want to say City Mapper. That's just my app. No, what was yeah, it called? Map, I map, think it was Quest. map Quest. And I heard about that yeah. when I was in America, and I thought it was very newfangled. Apps are flipping lootly. <laughs> how funny is that? I don't know how we used to get around. I think, well, just people used to know roads, didn't they? Like, yes. I'm always amazed when I talk to someone and they're like, oh, you're going to Bath? Oh, great, so you'll do the M whatever followed by the something, something. And I'm like, I do, what? I do not know what you're talking to me about. I have a How do you that. know roads? No, I know. It's like when you say to somebody, oh, I've got to get to such and such on the tube. And they're like, oh, well, you just switch at the Piccadilly and you do this. And, you, and you're like, you shouting station names <laughs> at me isn't going to help me get there. Just like... Right, I, I feel like I could do that better mm. at the underground. Yeah. But kind of instinctively knowing what roads lead to where blows my tiny mind. Well, that's the knowledge. That's what all the London cabbies do. 
That's why we must we must support black taxis in um, I know, hilarious. London. So my um my dad came to visit a couple of years ago and was a bit worried about like transport things. I was like, Don't worry, Dad, just just get an Uber. And the three Ubers he took in London, none of them knew where he was going. And he just was so incensed. His, his fuse is rather short anyway, but he was so <laughs> incensed by these guys, like not knowing where they were going. Yeah. Um, yeah, I won't advise him to do that again. No, black cab all the way. All the way. I do love the chat of black cabs. They can talk you through it. They can, they can talk you through, right, we're going through here now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got one guy up at North Greenwich who, whenever I get in the car, he's like, oh, you're the makeup artist. I'm like, yeah, mate. And we have like a nice like 10 minute chin wag on the way home. Is that because you've got into his cab many a time with a whole bag of Suitcases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you been on holiday? No. Just at work. When I started the podcast and I used to have, uh, it was a much bigger kit and I used to have um, a little suitcase. I used to turn up at hotels often. Yeah. And it would be like, oh, I'm just going to be here for an hour. And then you'd (laughs) realise... Not the thing to say as you're walking through a hotel reception. <laughs> Just going to be here for an hour with my case. <laughs> Different gig, babe. Different gig. Different gig. Um, but speaking about um, knowing our way, knowing what road to take, leads us nicely oh. into... Do you see what I did there? I did there. Very clever. Very good. When I never know if it's Segway or Sedgeway, which is the, the root thing, and no, enunciation, and which is the like motorised wheelie thing. Isn't it the same? I thought it was all S-E-G-U-E. Segway. Segway? Yeah. I'm sure 50% of the time I say Segway because I'm just not sure. Segway. We will will look this up (laughs) afterwards because I think this is an important point to clarify. But when you came on the Emma Gunn show back in... Was that before Christmas? No, just after Christmas, but not long after Christmas. Yeah, for some reason I got my... Yeah, it was not too... It wasn't that long ago, in all fairness. We talked about the fact that you had been at Bobby Brown for many years. How mm-hmm. many was it again? 12 years. A week shy of 12 years. Three weeks shy of 12 years. Wowzers, that's mm. a long time. Mm. And I know a lot of people in the Facebook group for this podcast had, had have requested you. I look at you, you're such a pro. You're like, I'm putting the water glass oh, down. I didn't quietly. quite do it properly. No, no, it's I fine. still had a clunk. So no, it's fine. Um, have have asked about you coming on here because obviously people follow you on YouTube, they know your story. And I think when we started that conversation on the podcast, we talked about you leaving mm. and about what it was like to leave the solid, stable mm. world of being like really quite high up and important at Bobby Brown and going out on your own. And it's now been six months. Mm. And in the very extended conversation that we've had prior to this recording, <laughs> where incidentally, listeners, Hannah has fed me a gorgeous goat's cheese and red onion tart. I didn't make it myself, unfortunately. Just Still yummy though, right? God, it was delicious. I'm going to learn how and to make it. And the pink fizz, and the pink fizz is the most <laughs> crucial factor. You said that even since we last spoke, your thoughts and feelings have evolved and things have changed. Yeah. yeah. And I think what I would be really interested to find out from you is looking back on that decision how you feel about it and how things have really have you had days of panic have you had a plan have you made a plan for sure (laughs) um so I I still think it was the right decision Mm -hmm. and if anything as time goes on the more peace I feel Mm -hmm. that that was the right thing to do um I definitely panic because not every day is a billable day and Mm. that really 
concerns me sometimes so if I go like I would say you know March was a really busy month but there wasn't a huge amount of stuff I could invoice Mm. in there and that was really uncomfortable but then suddenly this month I'm sitting on lots of invoices that when they all come through I'll be fine (laughs) you know so it's there's definitely panic around that because PAYE is so easy Mm. in a way um but the freedom is so welcome it's so refreshing um managing my own time is incredible Mm. like it was it was quite tricky for many years to kind of relinquish control over my life to a brand Mm. and other people agreeing my diary which absolutely is the way it was but not having the autonomy to be able to say well actually bear's got a thing i'd really like to be at at nursery or um i'd like to nip to the dentist or whatever all those things that were just kind of taken from your hands because your days were decided in advance by someone else Mm. and you just had kind of had to do um it's it's wonderful to have that sense of autonomy finally Mm. And I guess uh, this this keeps cropping up in conversations I'm mm. having with my friends recent uh, recently, and it's mm. something Gretchen Rubin said, not on the podcast, but I've read all her books and she came on the podcast a few weeks ago, and she talks about when you decide that you've got to leave a job or that you want to move house or that you want to leave a relationship, it's probably six uh, six months after you should have done because it takes a long time mm. to say to yourself, actually, yes, I need to change my situation. And I think you have been in a very secure, high-profile role. And I wonder whether whether you feel like, if you look back now, obviously it was a, it was a great thing and I'm not disparaging mm. Bobby Brown or the role that you had, but do you feel like if you look back, you, you're, the roots that you had were too big for the pot like three years ago? Like, Do you think that you could already see that you were growing beyond and above yes yeah like it's uncomfortable to say Mm. yes because but yes (laughs) yeah so I could I could see that I I really always wanted to make sure in my role that everything was being rooted back to the brand and I remember a conversation in 2011 where someone was like, oh, we're going to make you famous. And I was like, no, I don't want to be. Like, <laughs> I just want to do the best I can for the brand and for Bobby, because obviously, I, mm. you know, we're still really good friends to this day. And I remember someone from the US team being like, well, that's perfect. Someone who's so in it, so passionate, so driven, but for the goal to be to be raising the profile of Bobby Brown, the woman, mm. and in turn, Bobby Brown Cosmetics. So that's, you know, I I maintained that actually to the bitter end. Mm. But there were some things that happened in that final year that I was still with the company that made me realise and see that I could I could be okay mm. without the brand. I think that's a really interesting evolution to go through because um, I think you are, because of the conversations that we've had, and I am one too, a people pleaser. And so when I've been aligned with a brand before, with a magazine, I put the magazine above and beyond everything. Yeah. And at some point, 
and some people are better at managing it than than others but i definitely experienced in in my life that by putting a brand or work above everything else mm. at some point the deficit in the amount of time you've invested in you mm. shows up as an issue yeah yeah and i you know i definitely experienced that and i think simon used to always say like whoa like the, it will continue without you like mm. you do you have to do that and do you have to be still working on that at this hour or whatever but I and I I believed that my input was absolutely necessary mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I'm not mm. saying that I was I don't want to get the word wrong not in an indispensable way. not yeah, in a yeah, no yeah. not in an arrogant yeah. way I just felt so committed to doing the very best that I could um but yeah but you know the the flip side of that is, yeah, I spent wedding anniversaries away. I spent, um, you know, doing gigs while I was miscarrying mm. and, um, you know, do, being away from home with, you know, bad diagnosis with my mum and stuff and just being very much like, crumbs, I've just got to suck it up and keep going. Mm. And I'd say, you know, I don't have many... I I do, I have quite a few regrets in life, but... One of the key ones was I, I remember saying when my mum was, you know, she was terminal, she was nearing the end of her life and just saying, guys, I really need my weekends. Like I need to get to Gloucestershire at the weekend mm. to see my mum. Like she doesn't have long left. And the last Saturday she was alive, I was working in Cardiff. So I was away. I got back to, I went from Cardiff to my parents, but I got there really late on the Saturday. I spent a chunk of Sunday with her but then had to drive back to London ready for work on the Monday and actually when I got the call from my sister being like you need to get home now she's possibly going I was on my way up to Edinburgh and that really troubles my mind I'm like mm. what did you not hear about what I needed and what I needed was to be close to home because my mom's dying mm. and I've kind of I suppose I allowed a bit of resentment to build up there when people were saying oh, you know, my diary's really unfavourable, I'm really tired, I'd be like, yes, I know. I've been there, I've done that. Mm. I sacrificed so much to to do my job and deliver. So don't, you don't need to tell me, like, I hear it. Don't think I'm in this position that I haven't worked for. Mm. I've grafted for it and I've made a ton of sacrifice mm. to get, you know, to continue the trajectory to get to where I want to be. It's a difficult one to reconcile, that one, that that specific example. Yeah, it's a less, it was a, you know, when I look back on it now, I just think, I wish I'd been stronger. Mm. And when I'd seen that in my diary, I wish I'd kicked back and said, I can't do that. But I, for some reason, didn't feel I could. So I just... Have you made peace did with it? it? Can you make do- peace with it? Uh, I don't know if I can make peace. I, I think, I, I don't know. I th- verbalizing it now I can feel I'm getting a bit hot Mm. I'm getting a bit like sad if I thought about it too much my chin would go and I'd probably cry Mm. I'm watching Um, you very carefully to avoid right yeah (laughs) it's more that I'm just I'm sad that I wasn't strong enough to push back yeah because I potentially could have had a Saturday and a Sunday with my mum but uh yes and that's actually no one's fault it's my fault 
because I wasn't assert- I could have been more assertive in that situation so there's that I'm annoyed I wasn't more assertive mm. and then it fuels my frustration when at times I was made to feel like I was only in my role because I was potentially favored or lucky mm. or whatever when actually yeah I grafted for it and it's really lovely to hear you say that that you know that you grafted for it and you weren't lucky or favoured. That you yeah. you got to where you were are based on the work that you put in. Because I do think that when you when one is a people pleaser, it can be very easy to validate oneself by someone else's perception. But yeah. to hear you say, no, no, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. I know why I got here and I know the work that I put in. I know the sacrifices. I do feel like that's step one and that's definitely mm. a muscle I had to... Uh, an untrained muscle that I had to like it was a baby muscle that I had to train yeah when I went freelance of Mm. yes you had a great role and now you're going out into the big unknown but if you did it there you can do it anywhere because you're the common denominator right so isn't it interesting that I kind of I very much felt that in my old role Mm. and anyone who made me feel that that wasn't the case I was very aware that that was more about them mm. and not less about me. I think when you take away the crutches of the brand and kind of mm. essentially what you're known for, I suppose my biggest fear was that I'd left it too late and I'd stayed in a role that had pigeonholed me to kind of one skill set and kind of one thing. So that was kind of a, kind of a key concern that I took mm. with me when I left was like crumbs. I'm I'm just Hannah Martin, Bobby Brown. Like, is it going to work? Just <laughs> Hannah Martin, you know? Dropping the magazine from my name. Sorry, I'm shifting my chair, listeners. Um, dropping the magazine from my name, because I used to be Emma From. I was never Emma Guns, Emma Gunner Wardner, Emma G. I was always Emma From. Mm-hmm. Dropping that was a huge thing. That yeah. was like the, the earth suddenly becomes unstable under yeah. your feet. I, we had a really funny dinner right where we're sitting now with some friends of ours who were both in medicine so he's an anesthetist she's a gp but it's gone on to convent to oh gosh how can i forget one of the big companies in the city and for fun (laughs) they were putting all the letters they got after their name and of course you know even 40 year old doctors are still doing exams and whatever and kind of on their notes it was kind of going into like the third line of letters and i was like I've got BB Pro. <laughs> but yeah, but I was really, like, it really, like, you know, I, I realised quite, well, early on in my degree, but I made the decision quite late on in my degree that I wasn't going to ever pursue what I was doing and that I was going to focus on makeup. So I didn't do my dissertation. I didn't do my management what module. What was your degree? Nursing, obviously. <laughs> so I didn't get a degree. I got a diploma of higher education. I didn't even go to my graduation. Like, it was such a... As soon as I finished my hours, that was it. Like the door Done. was firmly closed. But the fact that I don't have, I was going to say BHS. <laughs> Flip neck. <laughs> what, BSC? BSC, BAONs. Yeah, whatever it is yeah. after, you know. It's so I didn't long even ago. Had, didn't don't even have that. So yeah, 20 weird. 20 years ago this year that I graduated and that is an uncomfortable Crazy. sentence to, to speak. Crazy. 20 years. 20 years sounds like a very, very long time. It is. It is. But when you think about what you what one can cram into it. Um, but in terms of 
the identity do you feel like six months in you can say that things are falling into place or that because you talked about being pigeonholed yeah and I'm interested if you are known for a certain type of makeup obviously your credits go against some really high profile events which are a certain look I, I'm wondering if you thought, right, I'm going to come out and I'm going to do a rainbow and sparkle shoot just to, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to shock everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just wanted to do something completely different and take a total left turn. So, yes and no. Mm-hmm. So one of the first gigs that I did solo was a campaign for Space NK. Mm-hmm. And it was great because it played kind of my makeup style and whatever, but at one point... Um, the direction was a bit of, you know, a bit more of a graphic eye. And I sent me into a bit of a blind panic because I was like, oh gosh, if people know I've done it, are they going to, is it going to translate? Are they going to be able to understand what I was going for? Are they just going to think it's really messy when actually it's meant to be like Mm. an artsy kind of splosh? Like, ah! And I, yeah, I really got my knickers in a twist about it. Um, But it's only recently that I've started doing, I've just done some test shoots with my friend Max and we've done some really wonderful and weird out there artsy stuff and it felt really fun just to experiment and play Mm. but I didn't want to launch into that immediately because I didn't want to discredit my history Mm. or my past and I really like the makeup that I'm known for I'm glad that I'm known for like beautiful hopefully she says <laughs> like no beautiful beauty makeup yeah, like yeah. I'm pleased that that's kind mm-hmm. of what I'm known for and you know when people say like gosh why do you still do weddings actually I kind of love creating beautiful makeup like it mm-hmm. makes me feel great and I still enjoy you know yes it's a stressful environment but I still enjoy like all the beautiful things that come with weddings you know the mm-hmm. shoes the dress the diamonds whatever um there's nothing like it I mean I've only done wedding makeup a couple of times but I've been on lots of shoots but there's nothing it's a completely different atmosphere that morning yeah, when you do that makeup yeah. um but it's really fun you know to use your term phrase to kind of exercise the muscle of mm. you know the more creative side that I maybe haven't indulged in recent years so that's really fun it's fun to have the freedom to do that and um I don't know if I could be saying this prematurely but I'm sure they won't mind I'm really excited that um Leda at Delamar Academy has invited me to come and participate in some of their courses over the next six months and it's gonna be amazing you know I'm gonna touch on prosthetics I'm gonna do some of their fashion courses I'm gonna do um tv makeup and um period makeup and I I can't wait like there is like what an an awesome opportunity to learn Mm. and yeah challenge myself and yeah I'm really excited it is exciting and I think it's nice to hear somebody who took a leap because by Jiminy was it a leap yeah I actually never thought I would leave really yeah I thought I could I thought I could stay in it for the long haul you know, and it, stupidly, mm. I was quite attached to the idea of a title. Mm. I was quite, I was like, I, I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted a directorship, whether mm. that was in the UK team, whether it was a global position. Um, I kind of, I built that up to be quite a thing in my mm. head. Um, and yeah, you know, when I went on maternity leave this time round, I thought I was only going to be gone a couple of weeks. Like I didn't think... I didn't think that was the start of the end, that's for sure. Mm. When you go out into the world now and you work, because I definitely experienced this, so I'm curious if you experienced the same thing. Mm. When you are Emma from or Hannah from, 
And then you go out and you're just Hannah. Mm-hmm. I wonder whether people's perceptions or how much or the the things that the industry have said to you, because obviously you've hit the ground running, you've got life and lipstick, you're out and about, you're doing all these events. And I wonder whether that's really helped bolster you in terms of reassessing where you fit in. Yeah, I mean, I think I've been so much busier than I ever anticipated. I Mm -hmm. think I thought I'd kind of finish my time with the brand and then have a couple of months off <laughs> and then kind of start 2019 afresh. Mm. But actually, you know, I was inundated with messages and emails kind of the day I announced I was leaving. Um, I told you I had like a FaceTime interview with Marcia Kilgore yeah, like yeah. three days later. So it was kind of like boom, go yeah. from that moment, which I hadn't quite hadn't quite anticipated but it was really encouraging Mm. I was like this this is the best outcome I could have hoped for Mm. and you know we were at dinner together last week Mm. and I honestly sat in the room being like oh flip what am I in a way what am I doing here coupled with oh my goodness I'm here Mm. and that was quite astonishing for me really Actually, that's made me really nostalgic because I had, yeah, I totally, and I feel really bad now that I didn't squeeze your arm and, and uh, realise you, you would have been thinking that because I had a very similar thing after going freelance and really? being invited to something for the first time, not as somebody from a magazine and thinking, yeah. I think I'm here because they think I could add value to this story yeah. or this product or this brand. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And amazing. that blows my tiny mind. Yeah. Um, but it's a weird thing to get used to. Mm. in this day and age so I've been trying to explain to Simon it's like I'm getting better at going to parties on my own mm-hmm. so it's very rare that you'd ever accept an invitation to a party where you didn't know anyone yep whereas I'm having to just kind of suck it up and be like absolutely I would love to and because genuinely the events I'm going to of course I want to be there but that fear as you step into a room full of people that either you don't know or only know you in one context mm is quite disarming and actually it was just unfortunate that at one event recently I bumped into a journalist I was really friendly with from my old role and her her first and only comment was like what on earth are you doing here (laughs) and I was like morning oh no and then that was swiftly followed by someone touching me on the arm being like oh if I was wearing that top I'd have terrible sweat patches so I just do you know what I just embraced it and I was like ha do you know what I do this is awkward and they've got no they've got no hand dryers in the toilet (laughs) in that situation I'd leave and go to the cinema but do you know what I mean like uh, but I knew it wasn't coming from that particular person it wasn't coming from a bad place but I was like I've got I've got two options here Mm. I can either take this really to heart cry and go home Mm -hmm. or I can laugh it off suck it up and just sit at that table and take my place Mm. and I was surprised that I was able to do that I'm interested that you're surprised because you've been in so many situations just and the only difference being a a job title where you you wouldn't have even thought about it yeah interesting so I think it just goes to show that a lot of the stuff a lot of the skills that you learned were are are benefiting Mm. you now and goodness I'm thankful do you know what I mean? Yeah. For however I felt when the end eventually came, ultimately, mm. I am so thankful. And so 
just for listeners, because I know that you've got a huge fan base in the Emma Gunn Show listeners. <laughs> so what, what, how are you dividing your time? Like, where can people find you right now? Because you've got so, Life and Lipstick. Yeah, so Life and Lipstick, the podcast that I co-host with Lisa Potter-Dixon, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of fun. And yeah, so we're just in the series, series in the process of making series two. That's uh, yeah, and it, it should be a corker. It's um, going to have to do a lot to beat Sarah's one featuring. Uh, yeah, featuring Emma Guns. <laughs> Hashtag, what a funny evening that was. Hashtag, a star is born again. Uh, no, I can't even do you justice. No. Your singing no. is We've just phenom. been sitting, listeners, we were sitting in uh, Hannah's house and that song came on the radio when we were having lunch and we both stopped <laughs> and did the ah. Um, we shan't do it now. Oh, I love Gaga. I love Bradley Cooper. I do too. I love the film. I do too. Yeah. I went down a Google hole on Saturday night. Did you? Uh, looking at um, YouTube videos of Chris Evans, the actor, not the radio oh, DJ. Oh, it's going to be like, interesting, why? <laughs> I just think, it just, he just seems like a really nice person. <laughs> so remind me who Chris Evans is, what? Why are you laughing? <laughs> well, because it's just so daft. He just seems like a really nice person, but he's Captain America, so he's also incredibly, Hot. incredibly nice to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but he yeah. seems really awesome too. And he's from Boston, <laughs> and I've never met someone from Boston I didn't like. Interesting. Yeah. I've been to Boston once to the airport for a couple of hours. It really wasn't fascinating, but in my head I was like, great, I'm in Boston. <laughs> Boston. Oh my goodness. Stuck on an airport. On one of your many travels. So yes, yeah, so you've got the podcast and then you've got YouTube. Correct. And Instagram. Yeah. So you're so the the point I'm trying to get towards is obviously you're still creating a huge amount of content you're still putting Mm. yourself out there Mm. and you're still very much uh doing what you were doing before but in a way where you were actually building the brand hannah martin right yeah yeah which is funny because every now and again i'll get someone pop up and be like oh my goodness you're not with bobby brown anymore or um i miss your bobby brown videos and um it's interesting because I still use Bobby Brown cosmetics. Of course I do. And I've still got products that I absolutely love and adore. Mm. I suppose it's just that I'm using everything else now as well. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose that was something that kind of I didn't marry well with me before was that I was, I felt like I couldn't be honest about what I was loving because mm. there was so much I couldn't share. Yeah. Um, so being able to share the things that I'm loving and enjoying is like, it's really, it's fun. It's so exciting. But there's muscle memory. I used to say about um, leaving the magazine, it's like, you know, the scene in um, Shawshank Redemption. It's a bit of a stretch, listeners, but go with me because it's a bit extreme. <laughs> but you know the bit in Shawshank Redemption where Morgan Freeman's character, Red, can't go to the loo unless someone gives him permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to feel a bit like that. <laughs> okay, okay. But I can't do anything unless I've had it signed off unless like the commission form has been signed by yeah. several people. So when I went freelance and I would start doing things, I would... I I would almost look I would be in my home office and I'd sort of look over my shoulder at nobody because there was no one there thinking can someone just give me permission to do this please yeah 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 and that yeah because giving permission to myself felt wrong yeah I completely understand what you're saying and doing entering stuff that hasn't had you know like a chain of other people's sign off beforehand there's so much security in that because you're kind of like well they all think it's a good idea and they've worked out the schematics and I'm just going to be the person who delivers or whatever. It's quite um, interesting now being the, doing all the rest of it as well. Mm. What do you think just in the six months Mm. you are discovering about your skills and abilities that perhaps you hadn't appreciated before? 
we do you know what legitimate was the first thing that came to mind mm. like i can i can do this mm. and i do have a skill set that's quite broad and it's marketable and it's usable and i can mm. not to say that i was meant to feel like i couldn't i don't want to do them a disservice in mm. any way but i suppose it was a fear that had grown in me would I be able to do this on my own? Mm. Has there been an element of surprise that actually you can? Oh, for sure, yeah. Or do you think on some level you were like, no, Annie, you've got this? I felt quite, I felt confident in my role at Bobby Brown Cosmetics. It made mm. so much sense. I was like, it's such a good brand fit. I've grown up through the brand, like my story's so authentic because I did used to work for the woman herself. We mm. are, we did legitimately have a friendship and a working relationship, blah, blah, blah. So I felt there was real authenticity to it. I suppose once Bobby left the brand, that's when possibly it started to feel a bit like, well, I was kind of happy to flog myself when I was doing it for someone who I yeah, so admired. Yeah. Mm. Um, but when I'm doing it to kind of, to line someone else's pocket what mm. am I, why am I doing that mm-hmm. why am I putting it ahead of everything else and you know I didn't want to especially with my daughter now like I wanted to ensure that we had a really tight bond mm-hmm. and you know I had a bit of postnatal depression with Bear it was also quite soon after my mum had died so I don't I don't feel like I prioritized necessarily the bond, bonding with him mm-hmm. and I do feel like just sadly that I missed quite a lot of stuff with his earlier years you know mm. and I hated meeting people at the school gates when he started school with mums being like oh my gosh Bear was at that nursery but we we're at that nursery I've never seen you before and that that really stung a bit I was like mm. oh, pfft, yeah sorry you know <laughs> I've not been I've not world. I've not been very <laughs> present you know yeah so I didn't want to make that mistake again yeah and again making peace with that by just putting it not right but but just by doing it differently yeah. next time the opportunity presented itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not regretting it. Um, how do you feel about the fact that Bobby's copied you and started a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love her, and I, I love that she's such... She's a really straight talker, mm. and she doesn't sugarcoat a thing, and uh, no, all props to her. She just had... The reason I... Because she's just had Mally Roncal on, who I absolutely adore. Mally, Beyonce's like... Yeah, old yeah. makeup artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Mally came on this podcast uh, towards the end of last year, okay. and she was she'd just flown in to she was doing QVC, so we like found a back room at QVC somewhere, and she was exhausted. I was really tired and exhausted. And a bit Were you cry tired? I was cry tired. <laughs> oh I've God, stolen I that from me last met you because you know what? that day I was cry tired, and I had cried before you came to the studio. I was no, like, I cried. Yeah, totally. So as soon as you said that, I was like, <gasps> I found my people <laughs> and I found my new word. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was a bit cry tired with Mally and I think she was a bit cry tired and I really wanted to speak to her because I really dig all her content. I mm. think she's a really brilliant makeup artist. Mm. I really love what she stands for and I love her products. And 
I, I going in there, I was like, oh, you're going in with such bad energy, Emma, you're going in with such bad energy. Mm. And this, you know when someone walks into a room and all of a sudden it's just like the lights come on. Yeah, you had that with her. It's amazing. And oh. so I know that, and she just did Bobby's podcast because she was talking about it on social, like, oh my God, this is a dream. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw that Manny then commented on something Bobby posted mm. and it was like, move out the way, bitches, or something really <laughs> funny. And yeah, it was lovely. I know she's hilarious and she does, a, she does really good lives with her little girls. Oh, sweet. I've never seen. Oh, yeah. Her girls bloody gorgeous oh they well. i can only imagine they're absolutely stunning they're just written she was getting her makeup done but i think it was vivian the other day and it was just so cute sweet um but yeah but so bobby started a podcast which yeah. all props to her do you think you'll go on it <laughs> i'd love to well actually we're hoping to go out to record with her <gasps> yes series two preview yeah peak. how yeah, exciting yeah, yeah. yeah really excited because she, she'll be such good value oh she'll be amazing value yeah. this is gonna shock you and listeners what really how because, on earth did that happen because i was i wasn't top tier press when she used to do events so i never used to get invited that's crazy i mean i used to get all the products please don't yeah, feel of course. sorry for me but i never actually had i'm so surprised you never had facetime with never bobby. ever met bobby bobby brown Gosh. and i threw my toys out the pram about it once i really did i was like look there's nothing we can do about it now but next time bobby's in london i'd really like to come along please yeah um, yeah 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 but yeah but I'm sure it will happen one day. Oh, I'm going to make it happen, babe. Yeah, she'll come on this podcast, I'm sure. I'd really love to Oh my happen. gosh, that's so genius. It'd be amazing. Yes. Um, you, I know we touched on this last time you came on the podcast, but I really do want to just unpick this a little bit because yeah. Bobby's somebody that I've admired for years and I feel like Bobby Brown is a name that I have known. It's like I feel like I was born knowing McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Disney and Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown. That's awesome. You know, just names that yeah. you don't ever remember where you learned them. You yeah, just, they just, just were. of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have, you, as you said, you have a friendship with her, but you must, I wonder what it's like to learn from somebody and to just be in that stratosphere with someone like Bobby and just see how she navigates the world. Because it is, she's an incredible businesswoman as well as a, mm. a really superb creative. Mm. And like I wonder what if you could sum it up mm. what you learned from her mm. and what what the most valuable lessons are that you learned from being in such close proximity to someone like Bobby I think well I endeavor to learn it what I admired was her kind of her give it a go attitude give it a go mm. if it doesn't work that's okay but keep going try something else try something new um her you can't ignore her emphasis on health mm. and well-being really? and yeah like it would permeate everything we did so if ever we were over with her for what we used to call boot camp it was always you know <laughs> the food was dire but it was great for your digestion oh, you know it didn't really it didn't taste great but it was super clean super healthy there'd always be moments of meditation and yoga and all of that message which was you know put into schedules that were like kind of you're leaving at 6 30 in the morning and you're not done till 11 30 at night kind of intense days um but it's funny because I think that we can often so forget that and I remember mm. her last visit to London we'd been working with her all week and then we were going off to do bride the show and then at one point in our day she's like what you're doing the event tonight we were like oh yeah yeah she's like make sure at some point you get outside in the fresh air and go for a walk mm. and it's those little things that 
like I, I do that now like there'll be mm. days when I'm at home and you know one thing I haven't worked out quite yet is kind of my scheduling and I'll realize I've like worked back to back for two weeks and I haven't had a single moment for admin and I'll be kind of you know in a kind of in that head ache sore eyes gosh I haven't looked up from my computer mm. screens for like four hours which you know it's not that intense but when you're playing catch up for two weeks yeah, worth of admin yeah. you haven't looked at and I'll be like I just need five minutes of fresh air mm. and I might leave the front door and just walk the block yeah and come back and it's just that moment Bobby was always very much like it's time now to reset and that's something probably the key thing I've learned from her is just to press that reset button and sometimes it means being quite firm with Simon if he's like great so tonight we're <laughs> going to do x y z and z and I'm like no, I need a moment to reset. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's been such a day. So yeah, let's look into my PayPal account and get that sorted. Let's double check that invoice and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing any more work conversation or life admin. I just need a moment of either chat or mindless TV just to reset. Mm. I, I don't know if you find this, but I find writing the to-do list is oh, so vital. my friend. I can't <laughs> live without lists. I've written one this morning. I never used to do them. Ah, uh, I just, I can't bear the to-do soup in my head. And it just... Stealing it. Stealing like, it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then it's like in the blender going around and you haven't got really a handle of any of it. Mm. And that living under that panic is just so paralyzing. Yeah. Put it on a piece of paper and you're like tick and it is life-changing isn't it if you put the easy things at the top of the list too so that by nine o'clock you've ticked off three Stop things you're like it. i can do anything yes even if it's just put away the laundry done if you tick it off I saw, line through it. I saw a, a thing on instagram the other day that was like laundry takes two hours to wash one hour to dry <laughs> five to seven working days to put away and I was like this is my life I mean you've probably seen it today there are little piles of laundry all over the place the thing I enjoyed the most is that when you when you had the box to put in the recycling you just took a bowling pose and just (laughs) slung it up the hallway towards the front door correct just so that it just so because it'll be on your way out I know exactly what you're thinking but it was just this unconscious kind of (laughs) I suppose that is quite weird to be chucking food boxes across the floor (laughs) I didn't know if I was supposed to join in I nearly nearly lost the (laughs) you should have done find whatever you can plastic threw the champagne bottle down the hallway I mean do it but yeah no that's funny and you know sometimes it's a bit of a game like lobbing a dirty nappy down the corridor can I get it to the front door oh nearly (laughs) what's Mary Poppins every job that's to be done there is an element of fun I wish got I to, you've seen. got to find the fun in it haven't you you have to find the fun in it but I just I just think I know a lot of listeners uh, talk about side hustles and about whether to uh, take that leap and I know that mm. this this isn't about you taking a leap with a side hustle this is about mm. you coming into your own in your own uh originally it was a side hustle makeup was just my hobby right do you know what I mean like it, yeah. it absolutely was a side hustle when did Initially. it transition? When did it become... And did you know? Did I... Like it was your side hustle, but when you started when you started putting more time into it, was it nursing and the side hustle of makeup? Correct. So yeah. was there a point where it was like, nursing's 80%, makeup's 20%, now nursing's 50% and makeup's 50%? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The balance shifted and it was a... 
I suppose it was a confidence thing. And I, I got there with the help of a therapist at uni because I was so miserable. And I took a term off, actually. It's funny, isn't it? The things you kind of write out of your history book. But I took a term off and oh, I was, yeah, just trying to find myself again and had, you know, just saw the uni counsellor and it was so helpful. Like I wasn't really able to verbalise before why I was so miserable, but I was miserable because I hated what I was doing. And it was really like, my creativity was completely stunted and it was horrendous, horrendous to my sense of self and my spirituality like I was just it was awful what did the do you remember how the counsellor uh shifted the way you were thinking so you could see that for yourself um I just remember her I've off I wish I could trace her I'd love to be able to be like look I'm doing it oh my gosh and she said to me you know what what do you want to do? And what I said back to her is, what I want to do is I want to go to London College of Fashion and study theatrical makeup. And she's like, then 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 do that. Mm. And I was a bit like, I couldn't I couldn't possibly. And I didn't. But the fact that she was like, but but you can. Why don't mm. why why don't you? Why don't you? Because in my head, I think I was I was panicking that my future was now this career path. Mm-hmm that made me intensely miserable mm. and I'd got myself into this I've got myself into this mess and how I can't get out of it and I think I thought I couldn't get out of it because I thought I couldn't let my parents down mm-hmm. and it costs money money risk factor mm-hmm. and I'd have to start from the bottom whereas you know with nursing I was going into a guaranteed yeah income and a guaranteed kind of vocation and lifestyle and there was a huge risk that make up wouldn't work potentially um so yeah that was kind of the key things kind of holding me back I'm curious then if when you started to when you moved away from nursing to Mm. makeup Mm. whether it felt like work or whether because I think there's this myth that if you do your side hustle if you do your passion you know if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life Mm. or something I don't subscribe to that but I do think there's a different it's a bit like, you know, uh, I was going to say the walls have been greased. Where do I live? You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know like everything, everything's smoother, everything's easier if you're pursuing something that's true to you as opposed to... Yeah, sort of- so I remember writing a piece for Bobby Brown as part of a global roundtable about product development and stuff. And I just I remember checking the word count on the computer and I was up at something like something bonkers like eight and a half thousand words and I was like I was like what is happening to me (laughs) like at uni I'd have a three thousand word count and you know 800 words in I was done yes I was like how do I fluff this up like like it used to cause me such great stress and anxiety because they're just it wasn't it wasn't there whereas suddenly I'm writing about a subject matter that I love and I'm passionate about and like someone reel me in because Mm. you know there's kind of no end to this and that was that was amazing I remember being like this is you know there are people at uni who had this same feeling writing about their degree yeah I just didn't have that so this is what it feels like to be working in something that you absolutely love I'm trying to encourage my sister to work in 
the sphere of life that she is most passionate about because mm. I want her to know what this feels like. Mm. I'm not saying she needs a job. <laughs> I'm just saying that in her... Yeah. It's like, I, I'm... Again, I probably can't say it because I'm speaking about someone else's life. But there's someone I'm incredibly close to who I believe is incredibly talented and could do unbelievably amazing things if they just took that step outside of what they're doing. But fundamentally, they've chosen security Mm -hmm. and safe, which is also completely fine. But I've got this thing in my brain where I I see so much potential in that person Mm. and I see so much magic in that person that I can't help but see unfulfilled potential and that's really hard and I obviously don't vocalize it to them because that's not fair Mm. but if they ever took that leap I don't just have confidence they'll be fine I know they'll be absolutely fine yeah yeah and it's and it's and it's tough because uh I've gone freelance I started this podcast out of nothing and all of it was a risk and some and and there's no guarantee no flipping I can't you please you did it yeah, but I mean, look at you. <laughs> but then look at you. Thank you. But there have been times I've been freelance seven years this year, and there oh, have been that? times when it has been like, right, you're going to have to sell the car. Dude. The car's a luxury. Dude. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't. You know, it. It's been, and it's not like you know some fancy, some fancy car or anything. It's a lovely car. It gets me from A to B. But it's just like right. You. There have been months. Oh God, I'm going to really go down there. <laughs> <laughs> go down the whatever here but there have been times when it's been really like how are how what is next month gonna look mm, like mm. and so I never want to say oh yeah it's easy it, it's mm. great but when I see someone who I just think well you've got all the talent you've got you've literally got everything mm. and I certainly and not- didn't have that mm. but so which brings me to another question I'm really interested to ask people which is about um because I've I've been asked this recently, and it sort of stumps me, but equally mm. it, it generates a lot of thoughts and feelings and emotions, which is, what would you go back and tell yourself, based on what you know now, six months in? Is there something you would tell Hannah six months ago at the point of leaving? Or is there something you'd tell Hannah at the point of finally making that decision that you wish you had known? Just that you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That your twelve years of dedication hasn't been in vain. It's mm. not. It's not only valuable in that setting. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't. I had, I had very little confidence in that, mm. and I worried that people were only interested in working with me because of the brand I worked for. Mm. And it took Sally Hughes saying to me in that summer, um, Hannah, I've booked you in spite of Bobby Brown. And I was like, ah. It was the first time that someone had vocalised that they had booked me rather than the Bobby Brown Pro title thing. And it was really, like, kind of mind-blowing, actually. 
Sally's good at providing those sorts of moments for people because she speaks with such clarity. <laughs> but and no, no fluff, no fluff whatsoever. No. So it, in no way did it feel like it was an over smushy compliment at yes. all. It was just kind of like a throwaway fact. Yes, that's what she. That's what she has. <laughs> because if she says something, you're like, oh, she's she's not playing. Yeah, like she, there's no fluff, and and there is a lot in the beauty industry. There is a lot of fluff and nonsense yeah. I would say that I'm very comfortable saying yeah, that yeah. and I definitely don't you definitely don't get that from Sally because no. she's just very straight down the line she's she you know she's written this book about the queen yeah the colors of the queen our rainbow queen our rainbow oh my god and I was reading I was reading it the other day she very kindly sent me a preview copy and I was reading about what she likes about the Queen. And I said this to her at the dinner the other yeah. night. I think I might have leaned across you to say it. <laughs> I said, you do realise that you're the Queen. The way that you act, the way that you... She's very Queen-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No nonsense, very professional, very yeah. direct. Yeah. Very safe hands. Yeah. Like, I completely... Anyway, I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> just... I've just got a picture now of, you know... <laughs> what, Sally no. in, like, a no, one no, no. tone with her hand You back. know, when... Um, often when the Queen shakes your hand... There are those memes where she shakes it and like pushes it back at you. Away. Never, as in to be like, thank you and thank you go. and goodbye. <laughs> I've never seen. I that. love her. I'm just gonna say, I... such a royalist. Are you? Yeah. I was coming back from somewhere once. Great story. <laughs> um, and it was, uh, it was. I was driving the Epsom, which is uh, crucial. Race course. It, yes, it was the yeah. uh, the race course. And I was on this dual carriageway and I was in the outside lane. Read as this gets better. Listen as this gets better. <laughs> and the traffic wasn't moving. And I was like, oh, for goodness sake. It's like, what on earth is going on? And then I thought, well, my lanes are completely jam-packed. And the other side of the road, there's no car whatsoever. And then all of a sudden, I'm just there in my car, the one that I nearly sold, just like leaning, looking bored out of my driver's window, looking at the other lane. And this car just pulls up next to me, so very slowly goes past, and it's um, the Queen of Prince what? Philip. Oh. <laughs> so I just went, <laughs> <laughs> Not what you're expecting. No, but I was delighted. Yeah, of course, as you would be. Stop it. And it all happened in such a blink of an eye. Oh. What fun. Have you ever stood out in the street to wave flags at her or anything? No. <laughs> no, but I've, I've seen her on a few occasions and it's been great fun each time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think we need to park that, don't we? Because I don't think you're... Uh, are you able to say any more? No, probably not. But, um But there have been some... You know, one wonderful, wonderful queenie moments. Moments. Love her. Well, 12 years, and, and as we've talked about, obviously people know you from Bobby Brown, but obviously you're, you're as we've established during this conversation, you're much more than that. But you've hung out with Bobby Brown, drunk tequila with her, which yeah. is like one of my personal dreams. Yeah. Are there any other things that are pinch me moments that you look back on and think, goodness me, like that was... That was pretty bonkers when you really think about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And this, the, well, it's, I say sad. The sad thing is, there are lots of those moments that I can't share um, yeah, because yeah, I'm under yeah. NDA. But how long for? All my <laughs> eternally. Oh, really? My dad's a solicitor. I, remember I got him to check out my NDA, and he was like, "Yeah, there is. This is the tightest, <laughs> tightest of contracts I've ever seen." <laughs> um, but that's kind of wonderful because it's kind of like a little family secret and it's mm. great 
and then you know there are other moments where you know I get a text message or whatsapp from a photographer friend who's on a job in Hong Kong and they're like mate your face is on the side of a bus ching pardon and that was with Bobby Brown's pretty powerful book that oh was a like God, what the yeah. heck is my face doing on a freaking bus in Hong Kong shows what I know about model rights <laughs> sure take it take it all I um, need your dad to sort out your usage and, rights and then um I was on an NBC showreel once I think for the same thing and you know moments at work where you know I I looked after Alexandra Shulman for the last kind of seven years of her time at Vogue and we were in situations together where I was like (laughs) what who is that now who am I chatting with now I remember one time nothing to do with um Alex actually but I was at Burberry looking on after I never knew how to say her name Angela Arnst who was CEO at one point. I'm not that cool. And um, I was just doing her face, you know, in walks Christopher Bailey with Alexa, and I was just a bit like... Oh, yeah. You know, I once shouted after um, Jean-Paul Gaultier, because he was <gasps> heading off to the wrong loo, and Nicola... What was her name? Nicola... Nicola at Vogue. Nicola Thornton? Nicola Moulton. Moulton, thank you. Um, we're standing right there, and I was kind of like, oh... Uh, because he was going into the wrong loo and she just creased up and like you know was doubled over laughing at me and I was like what was I meant to do let him go into the ladies like what's going on yeah funny I've got a fun video actually for Bear for his 18th of um Kate Upton in her underwear oh my goodness holding hey Bear (gasps) I know right I'm like yes I'm gonna get my mum points there (laughs) my goodness yeah um met Jean-Paul Gaultier a few years ago. Such a laugh. Oh my God, amazing. Lovely guy. And I, and the, his fragrance, the original fragrance because of the bottle. Hello, was, classic. Was my, classic. like. Mate, I've still got three bottles of it upstairs. It's kind of my signature, I'd say. I'm still into the sickly sweet zone. <laughs> well, I haven't worn it for years, but uh, it was, must have been when I was a young teenager and my parents used to go with my dad's work quite a lot. And so every time they went through the airport, I was like, Yes. And there'd be the limited edition bottles, like Where the, the butterfly. One. Yeah, yes. I had that one. Yes. I've got the new, I don't know if it's limited or not, but it's kind of more of a slightly like gaga bustier. Oh yeah, no, I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. When I, when I think about like the kid who would expectantly wait for my parents to come back from the airport, hoping that they had like the baked bean can, Jean-Paul right. Gaultier, and then right. fast forward 15 years and right. you're at his show and you've got a picture with him. Bonkers. I had that moment this weekend. I had a message from someone on Instagram. And they were like, do you realise you're a clue in the Telegraph crossword? Be quiet. <laughs> and the clue was um, <laughs> something used by artists like Charlotte Tilbury, Hannah Martin and Lisa Eldridge, for example. Honestly, I nearly, I nearly peed my pants right then. Crazy. Oh and, that was, and that was like, might just, my dad reads the Telegraph, might just have to send you a quick WhatsApp. <laughs> check it out that is insane it was funny it was so funny oh my god it's insane closet peter andre nuts oh peter oh i love him <laughs> i used to every time he was on the cover of ok i was like yeah i'm buying that what a great picture of me and him in my home actually have you me, oh um, stop it grabbing his peck stop it and him i looking am really jealous offended. and he wasn't he was totally in that i promise listeners <laughs> That's I'm like so going, oh, matron. What a sweet guy. Oh, Peter. 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 was very charming. Uh, he met me because I covered his wedding. To- oh, oh which I have 
Yeah. I told you, my sister made me yeah. a wedding book and cut out loads of pictures from their wedding. And so when I first started working with him and them, I had train track braces. Okay. And he could never remember my name. And so for years afterwards, and I'm sure if I saw him now, maybe not now because it's been quite a long time, but he would say, oh, those braces really paid off. <laughs> oh, your teeth look great. Thanks, Thanks mate. <laughs> because he could, so he was just, he put me into context in terms mm. of the girl with braces. Mm. Oh, your teeth look fantastic. Sweet that was kind of slightly more Kiwi, wasn't it, though, babes? Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> it's been years since I've had to do my Peter Andre accent. Anyway. God, I love that boy. <laughs> and his abs. Oh, yeah. Well, He's on. aged so well, don't you think? Sorry, I'm going off on a, like, Peter Andre tangent. I'm not a closet I diehard fan. I just really... probably ad- has helped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, no judgment. I fell down a rabbit hole of an Instagram account just at the weekend when you say has help. Oh my goodness, the stuff that people do. I was watching videos of people having filler. No, just filler. And watching how these injectables were like chiseling male and female faces something extraordinary there was one guy like a good looking bearded guy but they put some filler in like you know his jawbone and my goodness he went like way (laughs) up in the kind of attractive states who who decides that a broad jaw is attractive by the way oh that must that's that's like men finding women with big boobs and small waist and big hips that's like just genetically like yeah. big jaw must mean like provider or something. Do you think? I don't know. But yeah, it was absolutely fascinating. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> Sedgeway. I feel like that whether we realise it or not, this podcast really has been fueled by the pink fizz. <laughs> In the best way. But I know that I know that I have to let you go soon because you've got to go and get I've your I've got to get nails my nails done. soaked off. And I've got to uh Go, uh, go go home and do oh, some work. Don't go. No. Stay. I'm coming here every single day. Oh, please. Because listeners, not, not only did she do the goat's cheese and red onion tarts <laughs> with a salad and uh, bloomer. Thank you very much. You and didn't eat shepherd. any of the bloomer. Did, did you know I had a carb moment? <laughs> in Like, unspoken. I was like, Emma's not eating bread. Sugar, I shouldn't eat my bread. Isn't oh, no, it weird how we do that? Oh, it's like when you're at a I party really and there's bad. a massive bowl of chips and you're like, oh my gosh, I want the chips, but no one else has the chips, so you don't have the chips. Can I be really honest why yeah. I didn't have the bread? Tell me. Well, partly because the rest of it was delicious, but also because I am, I get embarrassed about how much butter I want to put on the bread. Oh, mate, you can slice it in this house. No need, no need to spread. Just whack it on like a piece of cheese and you're good to go. I just didn't want to embarrass myself. You'd be like on a WhatsApp group to loads of other beauty people later. Emma Guns came round to my house. You wouldn't believe the oh amount of Oh my goodness. No, if anything, I'd text my friend Rachel to be like, yes, one of us. <laughs> she's real. But also she's, she's, she's made cookies, people. And the cookies are now waiting for us to quickly munch they before we indeed. go to the nail bar and yep. the station. Very so good. Hannah, would you come back all the time? Oh, I'd love to. I feel kind of like we've scratched the surface. I do as well. Sorry about that. No, no, because we spoke for a good 90 minutes before we did this. And we did. And our recording <laughs> time. Because it was just... Apologies. You met me at the underpass. I did. And within 500 metres, we were talking about therapy <laughs> sessions. And I was just bearing my soul and you were too. So it's just like a meeting of the oh, brilliant minds and hearts. Um, that. Thank you for coming on. Please come back soon. I'd Obviously... Thank you. Are there links to you, all of your endeavours? 
<laughs> we'll be in the show notes. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on and for talking about Because I do think it's really interesting. Mm. It's a really... Transition can be very uncertain. And I hope that what this has done for some listeners mm. is reassure them. Yeah. That yeah. actually making changes is good. Yeah. Don't, don't do something just because you're afraid. Sometimes that's a really good thing. Mm. Fear is a great driver. I can't believe I finished that off with Okie Doke. But there we go, I Love did. it. Right, peace out. <laughs> I thank you so much for your time. And before you go, I just want to remind you that if you do want to get in touch with me, it's very, very simple. Just email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. That's a, an inbox for listeners only. I respond to all of the messages personally. Might not always be promptly, but I do respond to them personally. If you feel more comfortable sending me a DM on social media, I'm at Emma Guns on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also, if you want to have a conversation with me and fellow listeners of the podcast, join the Facebook group, which can be, where can you find it? I know where you can find it, by clicking the link in the show notes, which can be found wherever you are streaming and downloading this episode of the podcast. Also, that's the place where you might be able to find the option to leave a five-star review and maybe a couple of sentences about what you like. And it really does help self-published podcasts like mine stand out on huge, massive platforms if you have any nice words to say. So thank you so much. It's been a delight to spend this time with you and I cannot wait to see you on the next one.